Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. And so today, I mean, we've talked about authority, the word exousius, which is a delegated power. We've talked uh, the last couple of weeks about power being dunamis, which is mighty miracle power. And today we're going to start talking about dominion. And actually all three rolled into one is the will of God for our lives. My question And it is not a why. Why is always the wrong question. I know I tell you that all the time. Why is never the right question. I was getting some texts yesterday from some people. Why, why, why? I said, that's the wrong question. I guess I'll say that as many times as I have to. The right question is, Lord, what do we do? And where do we go from here? We already know why. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we're going to look at that some of it a little bit, but I want to make a very short decree today. So if you will look at the screen, this is something I say pretty much every day. It's very quick, but you know, we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And so uh, if you will look at the screen, we're going to say this together. And I want you to say it with exousius authority. Okay, ready? There's strength in me. I stand firm. There's mighty power in me. I stand strong. There's authority in me. I stand up. That's something you should say every day. There's strength in me. Stand firm. There's mighty power in me. Stand strong. There's authority in me. Stand up. And a lot of times I will actually do that. I will stand up from my chair and I will decree that. Before we actually get into dominion, we just got back from our family, our annual family vacation. It's always one of my favorite time of year. And I just love being with the family. I love all 19 of us being together and just laughing and spending time. And we play this really dumb game. It's the dumbest game in the world. But, you know, it's called Psych, P-S-Y-C-H, and it's an app on your phone and it's, I'm not going to tell you about super idiotic, but, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun and it takes a lot of imagination. So we do that and, and we went to the lake and kids did the wave runners. My kids grew up on the lake. We used to have a, a lake house and a boat and all that and wave runners. And when we bought the wave runners, they were named hit and miss. <laughs> and just so you know, we should have changed the name. <laughs> But so we did all that, and it was just a lot of fun watching the grandkids do what the children used to do. And um, it was so funny because my youngest had texted the owner of this house, who has now become my friend. And it was absolutely a gorgeous, gorgeous house and a gorgeous uh, view of the lake. And at night, there were no city lights, so you go out. And, you know, once again, just like I said when I flew over the Swiss, Swiss Alps when I was 17, how could anybody see this and not believe that God exists? And I wasn't a believer at the time. But the book of Romans says that the creation testifies so that man is without excuse. And so when you go out on a, on a night where there are no city lights and you look in the dark black sky, 
and you see the stars and shooting stars. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, it really makes you want to be an astronaut. And so someday we'll just breeze through all that without, without the help of man-created things. And so, but I, so I, every morning would have, you know, my time with the Lord. I just, I won't forsake that. And on our last morning, the girls were, I was sitting there with my Bible and the girls came and they said, aren't you coming on the patio to have coffee with us? I said, not now. Please, Mom. I said, no, I have to begin like this. And I did. And then it was during that time the Lord began to speak to me about the power of thanksgiving and how often we forget. Because we've been talking about the power of God's love and how faith works through love. And you literally, I mean, you want miracles and you want strength in you and authority in you and power in you. It comes through love. Faith works through love. Faith is activated and energized through love. Everything Jesus did, he did because of love. He had that compassion. He was moved with compassion. And compassion always acts. It always does. A-C-T-S, not A-X, always. And so he began to speak to me about Thanksgiving. And very, very, very often when I wake up in the morning, I'll hear one word or two words from scripture, and, and this is what I do. It's not what you have to do. But what I do is I will take what I hear and I'll run the reference and I'll just go through the scripture and see everything that the Bible says about it. Now that's called meditation because the Hebrew word meditation means to muse, to mutter. And so you're musing over the word of God. It means to murmur, muse, mutter, and murmur. And you are, you're meditating that word. You're muttering it like a cow chews its cud. And so that's what I'll do. And sometimes I, I can spend an hour, two hours just doing that, just meditating that word. And in this particular day, it was on Thanksgiving. I just want to give you a few scriptures about Thanksgiving and what it does. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20 says, We are to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs offering praise with voices and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. At all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. How often? At all times. That means even when things aren't going the way you want them to do, to go. Even when things don't seem like God is going to keep his word to you. At all times. In all things, give thanks, give thanks. Thanksgiving and praise are some of your greatest weapons along with love. Why do you do that? Because I love you, Lord, and the one who is love will never hurt me. The book of Romans says love never hurts anybody. And we take that to mean us, but that puts us above him. It puts us above him. So if love never hurts anybody and God is love, God never hurts anybody. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. So people go, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, I can tell you right here to give thanks if you don't know anything else about what you're supposed to do. Now, there are definites in this book that tell you what you're supposed to do. Amen. So you can't question the, the absolutes in this book. But what job do I take? Who do I marry? What direction do you want me to go? What do you want me to say yes to? What should I say no to? Who are the friends you've connected me? What is my calling? Those things. We're 
it, you, you might not have an absolute. I mean, your calling is absolutely to love, to be faithful, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. But as far as ministry, not we read last week, not all of you are called to be teachers. Not all of you are called uh, to that, the ministry gift of miracles. Not all of you are called to all the gifts of the Spirit. You're all called to the fruit, but not the gifts. But it doesn't matter because he shows us a more excellent way, and that way is to love. And so, give thanks. That is the will of God right there. You can be in the will of God by living a life of thanksgiving. Maybe not for the trial, but even in that, James 1, 2, consider it holy, joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured, I love this. See, so many of us don't have assurance. But the Bible says, be assured and understand the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. So the Bible tells us we can be W-H-O-L-E, whole. How do you get to your wholeness? By considering it joyful when the trials come, and they will, and they do. But life is not to be one battle after another. We're to go from strength to strength and glory to glory. Now, in the journey of that, then there are trials. Thank you, Lord, for this trial. I already understand the purpose, Lord. The purpose is to make me perfectly and fully developed with no defect lacking in nothing. That's the purpose of the trial. I don't have total understanding of everything. None of us do. But I know who does. So consider it all joy. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Oh, I think I already did. Didn't, I did that, didn't I? Okay. 1 Corinthians 10, 10, and 11. Nor discontentedly complain as some of them did and were put out of the way entirely by the destroyer. Now, these things fell befell them by way of a figure as an example and warning to us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction. We in whose days the ages have reached their climax, their consummation and concluding period. And so all that Israel went through were examples to us. And I told you last week how the Lord spoke to me about not complaining. And so and now I have found in my life that the, my, uh, the Holy Spirit is actually a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, five-foot, six-ish, gorgeous, 20-year-old. <laughs> so where, you know, I rent this very nice house. I did it months and months ago. It looked beautiful online. And, and so we are on the way, and we get on the road that the house is on. And so I start having a fit. Now, you really don't want to be around me when I have a fit, because it's not a very pretty one. And we had Abigail and Zachary, our two oldest grandchildren, in the back seat. Had a really good time with them, enjoyed them completely. And so we're on the street, and, and, and I'm just telling you the truth. It looked like a ghetto. I mean, weeds everywhere, and, you know, the, the lots were just overgrown and not taken care of, and, and there were pretty much shacks on the lots. And I am vocal about what I'm seeing because I thought, did they put a fake house that I just 
paid a lot of money for. And so I'm just very vocal. I just don't understand that. Look at this. There's weeds everywhere, and there's huts on these lots. And I didn't know at the time that those lots cost about $1.2 million. And apparently people just buy the lot, and then they put something temporary on the lot before they build the house. And so then, you know, as, as would be with the diamond in the rough, the house was beautiful, and it was what I saw online. But so we're driving along, and I'm just, I just don't understand this. Dear God, what have I done? And, and, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit says, Mimi, you're complaining. I said, I am not complaining. I am simply stating facts. Instead of giving thanks. So when we got in the house, and like I said, it was extremely gorgeous, and the view, just spectacular. If, you, if you're my friend on social media, I'll be posting some pictures in the next couple of days when I get around to it. And I'll, I'll actually post a picture of the view. And um, so if you need the Holy Spirit with skin on, she's right back there on the back row. And she'll be more than happy to tell you. So we're going to talk about dominion. Now remember, authority is exousius. It's given and delegated power. And through that authority delegated by the Lord, we exercise power and dominion. But all dominion comes from Jesus. And to really exercise godly dominion, because I, I have news for you. The devil has dominion too, thanks to Adam. We have to enforce the victory of Jesus Christ over him because he doesn't know we know the truth. Remember, he's a liar, the father of lies. Jesus said in John 8, 44, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own for he is a liar and the father of lies. There's no truth in him. So when people come to me and go, the devil's telling me, da, 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 I go, praise God. He's a liar. That's awesome if the devil's telling you that. I mean, we ought to be really happy because we know we're being lied to, right? And so if we eat that fruit, like Eve did and Adam, if we eat the fruit of lies, then that's what we become because we yoke ourselves we do, with, his, with his authority of lies. So Revelation 5, 13, I heard every created thing in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in it, crying out together to him who is seated on the throne and to the lamb, be ascribed the blessing, honor, majesty, glory, splendor, power, might, and dominion forever and ever. He'll never lose his power. Revelation 1, 4 through 6. He formed us into a kingdom, a royal race, priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory, power, majesty, and dominion throughout the ages forever and ever. Romans 5, 17. If because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, much more for sure, surely, will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. So we, we reign as a king with Jesus if we receive 
the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. That means you got to take it. That word receive in the Greek means to take. So, Lord, I take your undeserved favor. I take right standing with you, and I put on the breastplate of righteousness through Jesus Christ. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. I can't merit it. But by faith, I take it to reign in life, to reign over my circumstances, to reign over a doctor's report, to reign over the financial state in this nation, to reign over the media. Thank God. Praise God. 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people to set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Okay, I'm missing something here. Ah, I found it. In Luke 10, 19, listen carefully, Jesus said, I've given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing shall in any way harm you. And of course, the 70 returned with joy. Lord, even the demons are subject in your name. And Jesus said, don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That the fact that demons are subject to us should be just a normal way of living. And I'm going to show you how to do that. So that's not something we ought to get all excited about. Our excitement should be that our names are written in heaven. Now, last time we saw in Luke 24, 49, listen carefully, I'm sending the promise of my Father, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit upon you, but you are to remain in the city until you change your clothes, until you are clothed with power from on high. We started about, in this Bible study, changing our garments, taking off the victim garment, the rejection garment, the insecurity garment, the fear garment, all those garments. And putting on, clothing ourselves, all summed up with love. Because love is the perfect bond of unity. So Jesus said, don't you go anywhere until you change your clothes. And those clothes will be power through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our dunamis power. Now, what were they doing when the Holy Spirit came upon them? Well, I know you know the answer to that, but... I brought my, my real sword here because I love it. Love, love, love it. My daughter Katie gave me this in 2008. I mean, I was going through books, getting rid of books, which I do all the time because when I die, I don't want my grandchildren going, she was crazy. <laughs> she must have thought she was a librarian. And so I frequently go through books, but I've got stacks and stacks of Bibles with dates, and I just can't get rid of any of them, especially since they say Sandy Ross on the cover. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure they will build a museum dedicated to me with my Bibles. <laughs> Romans, I mean, excuse me, Acts 1.8. You shall receive power, ability, efficiency when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. So Jesus promised us power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, repent for our sins, believe we are raised up with Christ, and then we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes upon us and he endues us with power. 
And I know many people believe, well, when you receive Jesus, you receive the baptism. That actually is not true. These people had already received Jesus, but they had not received power. Remember, they ran and hid when Jesus was crucified because they did not have the power to be free from fear. They received power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. How else could they have gone through this horrible... I mean, they were all martyred except for John, and they tried to martyr him. They boiled him in oil, and he still wouldn't die. So they finally decided, we'll throw him away. We'll exile him to the Isle of Patmos. And what happened on Patmos? The revelation of Jesus Christ came to him. So don't despair when you feel exiled. You are in a position for revelation. And so they are all huddled together waiting for the promise of the Father. And in Acts 2, 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place. Listen, 120 people, including women, were assembled in one place. They were in one accord, one mind, one heart. And what were they doing? Praying. They were praying. That's why before these women's meetings, Vita Lacey leads a group of prayer. And you would do well to come to it. Now, I personally don't come because I am at home praying and I am in the word of God to get up here and be ready. But I'm joined with them in heart. And I'm telling you what happens in our meetings is because they've been prayed for. And we have had many miracles and life changes in those meetings. So if you are a prayer person, I hope you are, you need to be in those prayer meetings and that the power of God comes. And so suddenly there comes from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it fills the whole house, and they're sitting, and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire. Now, there wasn't a mighty rushing wind. It was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. There were not literal fire upon their head. It looked like, resembled tongues of fire. And they were all filled and diffused through their souls with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak other different languages as the Spirit gave each one clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. So in other words, I'm speaking right now in English, but at Pentecost, those of you who don't speak English, you would hear me in Spanish or German or Chinese. Even though I'm speaking my native language, it's a miracle. It still happens today. I've personally met people that went to other countries and people heard them. This is one form of tongues. And so... This is what happened at Pentecost because they were in one accord. They did not have their own agenda. And I've been asking the Lord, what is wrong with the church today, Lord? Why are we not seeing this? That's very clear to me. It's because we are in discord, not one accord. Now, you can take that to the bank. The Holy Spirit exercises his dominion through us when we are in one accord and not discord. But everybody's still too busy fighting about what is tongues, what is not tongues, has healing passed away, is this, well, if it's passed away, go ahead, go to the funeral home, pick your coffin, pick your grave, because what's the use? <laughs> if we can't do the gospel... Walk in love, the power of love and what comes with it. What is the use of continuing? 
And I will not do it. I will not have discord in my life. My da- one of my daughters, my youngest daughter, you know, she's an RN by profession, and, and uh, she's very thorough, ad nauseum, I'm just telling you. <laughs> and she asked, she said, could I write the owner of this house? I have questions. I thought, oh, Lord. So I said, sure, go ahead. So one of the questions was, do you ever see snakes? And the owner said, well, we all know that there are snakes at the lake, but we've had this house since 2016. Nobody's ever seen a snake. First morning we're there. Holy Spirit back there, Abigail, sends me a video. Mimi, look. And they're standing on the shore, and there is this long snake wiggling in the water that they were swimming in. So in answer to the question, yes. So I texted the owner of the video, and I said, first renters. So I want to show you a picture on the screen, Rachel, if you could please put that up. I want you to look at it. You can see the little girl holding her tiny little teddy bear. But I love it, God. And Jesus has a huge teddy bear. Just trust me. And this is what we do. We're afraid to let go of what's comfortable and what is familiar and what we have an explanation for. And therefore, we lack power. I'll never forget. I was young. Or, I don't know. Pam, we must... We must have been in our early 30s. Well, I was in my early 30s, but you weren't because you're older than me. <laughs> and I was in my early 30s. No, that's not true. I was in my 20s because I was pregnant with Katie. I have no idea what you're talking I'm going to tell you. So I was in my, my mid-20s. Pam was in her 50s. No, she wasn't. <laughs> she was in her late 20s. And we were, we were back on that Bandera flea market, and I, we were just beginning to see the power manifested. And I was scared. Because, you see, I wanted to hang on to my little teddy bear of religion. I wanted to hang on what I was comfortable with. And I, and I was going to take a nap. I might have been pregnant. I'm not sure. And no, I think I'd had Katie, and I, but I was tired, as young mothers are, Kelly, which you will be pretty soon. <laughs> and so I was laying down to take a nap, and I, I just so remember saying to the Holy Spirit, I'm scared. And I heard him so clearly. It was the most gentle, loving, fatherly voice. And he said, my daughter, I would never hurt you. And he hasn't. He's never hurt me. He's never broken my heart. Does that mean I've never been disappointed? Oh, I've had lots of disappointments. But you know what? The Lord doesn't test us with demonic things. It says, be be of good cheer, be joyful when you fall into various trials. I mean, trials come, tribulations come. But then Jesus said, but be happy about it. Be of good cheer. I've already overcome for you. What would happen if we really believed that? 
Years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone. This is back when we, the phone was still glued to the wall. And, you know, I, had, I remember I had a 100-foot cord on my phone. And that was so that when my children acted up, which they always did, as mothers know, I could grab them by the neck and still be on the phone. So I'm on the phone, and I'm my, at the time I had a cat, an older cat, and I'm looking out the back door. It was full glass. And all of a sudden, I saw this coiled snake with its head up. And my cat was just sitting there just looking at it. And, you know, being the common, unemotional, non-dramatic person that I am, <laughs> I started screaming at the top of my lungs. And my friend was, what is wrong? And I said, there's a snake. It's going to bite my cat. It's going to kill my cat. And I'm, I'm just screaming just beyond myself. And all of a sudden, the cat just goes, the, cat, the snake's doing this, and the cat goes, whoop! The snake coils back. And then it coils up again, and its head is up. The cat's just looking, not worried at all. And I'm still screaming. And all, then the cat does again, whoop! And then I'm screaming louder. I said, it's going to buy my cat. It's going to kill my cat. And so then the snake's head is just really, you know, strike position. And all of a sudden, my cat grabs that snake by the neck, rips its head off and throws it. And I stopped and I went, that cat knows it has dominion over serpents. I heard the Lord say, learn from the cat. Well... Fast forward decades, I'm the other day sitting in my prayer chair and Randy walks in the room to interrupt me. <laughs> and he's standing at the back window and analyzing the yard. And all of a sudden he said, oh my goodness, Sandy, there's a kitten. I went, what? And there was about this big. There was this tiny gray kitten outside of my bedroom window. I have a cement bench and pots with flowers. This tiny gray kitten huddled under the bench. I said, oh, Randy, we've got to help it. You could just tell the cat was terrified. So we both go running out, and you know, kitty, 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 and we're trying to get the cat, and the cat takes off and runs to the wooden fence. Which, how tall are fences? About six feet or something like that. And uh, the cat is desperately trying to jump the fence. It's too little, and its claws just would go down. And I mean, it was, it was literally like the uh, average, what are they, um, you know, posters and stuff you see where the cat is like that. And it's just doing that. And I'm going, sweetie, come here. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And the cat takes off, and then we can't find the cat. Well, and it found a place where it could go under. I said, oh, I just feel horrible. The cat was so hungry and thirsty. And, and I mean, I was going to get the cat and find the owner. And, and so then I go out the front because I'm going to water my front pots. I have a lot of pots. And um, all of a sudden, behind the, my brick on the front porch, I see that little gray ball, terrified. And Randy goes, let's just give her some water. And so we take a water bowl, we slip it there. Cat just pounces through the water and runs, terrified, terrified, terrified. And we just, we did everything we could. We couldn't, we could not get the scaredy cat. And so when I go back to praying, I hear the voice of the Lord. 
And he said to me, and it was very, very precious, that cat was afraid of the very one who had the power to help her. And we do that all the time with the Lord. We try to do it our way. We reason. We get into logic. We do what makes sense to us. And we run. Yeah, we get in our head. We run from the very one who has the power to help us and preserve us. So, the very first command ever given to man was called the dominion mandate. Genesis 1.28, God blessed Adam and Eve. He said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. So he gave man dominion. And you know the rest of the story. Satan took the very dominion that God gave to man because man gave it to him. Uh-oh. I know I'm doing so well today. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I love you too. There we go. Dominion runs throughout scripture. During the temptation, listen to what the devil said to Jesus. I mean, this just rivets me. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. Then the devil took Jesus up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the habitable world in a moment of time, in the twinkling of an eye. And Satan said to Jesus, to you I will give all this power and authority and their glory, all their magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, and grace. What? For it has been turned over to me, and I give it to whomever I will. Who turned it over to him? Adam. God said, have dominion. Adam said, here, devil. I choose that gorgeous bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh over Father God. And I eat of the very tree you told me not to eat. Gave it all to the devil. And the devil tells Jesus, I'll give it back to you if you will just worship me. And Jesus replied to him, get behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the same holds true today, but listen to what happened. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. The father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our sins. Do you see it? We've been through Jesus Christ when we give our heart and our life to him, to his lordship and salvation. He's transferred us. I come from a military family. When you PCS, that means a permanent change of station. Right, Amy? You don't get to argue with the government. When you get your orders, your PCS, guess what? You're going. We've been given a permanent change of station if we'll take it. Transferred out of the dominion of darkness. The word dominion is domain of the king or king's domain. If I have dominion, I am in the king's domain, King Jesus. Now, I already read to you 
All dominion is given to him. 1 Peter 5, 11, to him be the dominion, power, authority, rule forever and ever. Jude 1, 25, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, splendor, majesty, might, dominion, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Now, I got ahead of myself, and I've already read uh, Romans 5, 17, 1 Peter 2, 9, and James 2, because it says we are kings. We are a royal race. And James 2, 8 says, if you really fulfill the royal law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Kings live in royalty. Have you ever noticed the monarchy? Let's just say England, since they have a monarchy. Have you ever noticed how all the women wear a hat and gloves? Well, at least the older ones do. I think that Kate, and or I don't even know if that's her name. Is there a princess named Kate? Yeah. I mean, they decided to take off their gloves. But the reason that they wore those gloves is so they wouldn't touch the flesh of the commoners. And so the younger generation has come along now and said, no, we're not going to do that. But really, except for the tabloids, do you ever see them sweat? No. No, they're royalty. And I don't remember, I was one of the athletic people that had the motto, don't let them see you sweat. Well, it's true. Don't let the devil see you sweat. James 2.12, so speak and act as people who are to be judged under the law of liberty, especially love. The royal law is the law, law of love. Dominion belongs to the Lord. He's given it to us. And that word, dominion, is the Hebrew word, R-A-D-A-H. It means to reign, rule, to dominate. And listen to this. It's from a primitive root, meaning, ready, to tread down. Jesus said what? I've given you authority to what? Tread upon serpents and scorpions. Tread. I was, um, one of my family members has had a lot of problems because of where she lives with scorpions. I hate scorpions. I'm pretty sure that the Lord created them for one reason, so that Luke 10, 19 could be written. Or 19, 10, excuse me. Luke 19, 10. I'm positive that's why. I mean, I really am. What other use are they? So she has the exterminator out, and he said, I, I just want to tell you, they're very hard to kill. They're very resistant to the poison. He said, I have stood there and I have sprayed them directly with the poison and they won't die. And I had, now they eventually do, of course, but I had this revelation. You know how you kill a scorpion? That's how you kill a scorpion. You tread on them. Now, I wouldn't do that with a snake, though. We have been transferred out of the kingdom or dominion of darkness. We have royal power. Remember, Romans 5, 17, if you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life as a king. And I love my kingship. Love my kingship. We are a royal race, a royal race. So, arise and act like royalty. I had a wonderful testimony. Uh, my sister, before she started conventional treatment, went to another country. I wouldn't advise it, but she did, and um, got into a group of 17 people, which all she became very good friends with all 17 of them. And so they all came back. None of them were healed, none of them. And um, a good majority of them have died. 
But one of them was a sweet little mama in her 30s, five children from Canada. And she was diagnosed with a type of breast cancer called triple negative. Now, nobody wants a cancer diagnosis. We know from Deuteronomy 28, tumors are a curse of the law. We know from Galatians 3.13, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. And so we have to stand against it. Take authority, pray, exercise our dominion. Well, what if we do that and the person dies? Well, praise God if they're saved, they're in heaven. But until that happens, we stand. But I'm told that of that genre of evil diseases, that triple negative is one of the most aggressive. So, so this little mother of five was diagnosed with triple negative, did not get cured there, came back, of course, Canada is under socialized medicine and received some treatment, but the cancer spread to her liver, her, I think it was liver, lungs, and bones. For sure, liver, lungs, and I think the bones. It's three different places. And uh, she was pretty much just given up to, well, you know. So she made a decision. You're going to love this. Because remember, we talk a lot about what you wear, changing your clothes. We're not going to wear a spirit of heaviness. We put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And she decided, you know what? I'm going to live my life. I'm going to enjoy every day. And I'm going to act well. Now, Kathy talked to her the other day, and guess what? No cancer. She's healed. What happened? She received dominion mindset. She decided, I'm not going to wear this disease. I'm going to wear health, and I'm going to act like I'm healed. I don't even think she expected she was going to be, folks. <laughs> but when she did that, that cancer bowed. I thought that was such a great testimony. So royals have keys, and we exercise those keys with boldness. Ephesians 3.12 says, in whom, because of our faith in Jesus, we dare to have the boldness, courage, and freedom of free access or confidence, of free access, an unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. We have boldness. Yeah. Ephesians 4.16, let us fearlessly, confidently, boldly draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time. For every need appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when we need it. Let me ask you something. Will you please make an intentional decision to catch yourself begging and stop it? It is unbiblical. And I've told many times the story Heidi Baker tells. And if you know who Heidi Baker is, they have orphanages in the poorest part of the world in Mozambique. And they take in these orphans. They're on the street begging. And they give them a mama and a home and food and an education. And most of these children go on to be professionals, doctors and lawyers, teachers. It's a most tremendous ministry. I mean, she's had witch doctors hold cobras in her face and curse her and threaten her. And just like Elijah with the prophets of Baal, the power of God. I mean, the devil has power. We know that. But if we don't give him power over us, he can't 
But I'm just telling you, if you've got an ounce of fear, he'll smell it. An ounce of fear. I was talking to my family here. We're at the lake, and we're talking about bears. Now, I don't know why there are no bears at the lake. But we do go to Colorado also, so we were looking up, what do you do if a, you come across a bear? Because one of the times we were there, it was all over, there was a, a tourist, and, uh, you know, you see the cute little cubs along the side of the road. And this lady thought they were just so cute. And they are. And she gets out of the car and starts taking pictures. And guess what? She died. Because mama was watching those cubs. So we were looking up, what do you do if you come across a bear? And the first thing you do is you don't act afraid. You don't act afraid. And it specifically said don't look them in the eye. Because they'll see that in you. So if it's a this color bear, you play dead. If it's a this color bear, you begin to back. I mean, it's all these ridiculous things. We even looked up what to do if it's a polar bear. So when I go to Antarctica, I'll let you know. And so we have to be bold. Catch yourself when you're starting to beg. I'm serious. Heidi said the first thing they teach these orphans is don't beg. Because, see, that's been their mindset. They've had to beg to live. So they get into this orphanage where they have guaranteed food and guaranteed shelter and a guaranteed person to love them, and they begin to beg. Don't beg. Don't beg God. So what's your key? Your key is found in Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Kingdom is dominion of the king. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever, say whatever, you bind and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose and declare to be lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. If I give you the keys to my house and you go to my house and you try to use your key and your sister's key and your friend's key, you will never get in my house. You will only get into my house with my key. If you want to operate in the kingdom of heaven, and next week we're going to see that everywhere Jesus went and preached the kingdom, he healed. We're going to pray for healing next week. We're going to ask the Lord to, to heal because we want to exercise kingdom dominion. Because we are priests and kings, and we walk in the authority of a priest and a king, a priest ministers, a king rules. Priest ministers, a king rules. So in the morning, I'm a priest. I minister to the Lord, and he ministers to me. And when I leave that place, I'm a king. So, that word key means key. It means, in the Greek, the keeper of the keys has the power to pen and shut. The word is used in the New Testament to denote power and authority. The word bind, to declare to be prohibited and unlawful. In Greek, the word loose, to release or dissolve, to unbind, to release what has been held back to declare lawful. So our job, what is in heaven? I want to ask you a question. On what day did the Lord create cancer? 
On what day did he create COVID? Viruses, degeneration, on what day did he create them? Never. It's prohibited in heaven. So I take the key and I use my mouth and in the name of Jesus, I bind that foul thing. That's the key. The key, I loose what is in heaven. What is in heaven? Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, power, authority, gold, joy and singing and gladness. I was listening to one of my favorite ministers yesterday, a, a webcast, and, and he was it, he was reading, you speak to one another in songs and hymns, and so he began to sing, and he's got a beautiful voice. And he said, you know, you will say to me, but I can't sing. And he said, well, I didn't say to you, record. <laughs> so I sing all the time, privately. <laughs> so what are you binding and loosing? Lose your keys. Use your keys. Don't lose your keys. Use your keys. Sorry. Use your keys. The word of God uses very commanding words. Awake, arise, be bold, be healed. Words that command, words with authority. There's authority in me. I stand up. The first day, with the second day of our vacation, my daughter, one of my daughters came in. And uh, her son was exhibiting some very strong symptoms. And I'm sitting in the chair. I've got my Bible on my lap, my journal, my pen. And she's standing at the door. My other daughters are there, and she tells us what happened. And I said, no, absolutely not. We are not having this. And I just be vocally, I bind that in the name of Jesus. Devil, you are not stealing this vacation. I will not have it. And I'm telling you, I didn't waver a budge. 30 minutes, totally healed. And he stayed that way. But oh, no, we can sit back. Oh, my God, how could this have happened? Well, that's what we do. We wring our hands. You know, God's not wringing his hands. Maybe some of you will know what this means. I, I did ask a friend. She had a very good interpretation. But I, I'm walking the other day. I'm praying. I think I might have even been praying for the America. I don't know. I know I was praying. And I, I had a vision. It was a very strong vision. And I saw the hands of God with a white towel, and he was wringing the towel, just like you would wring a towel. And I kept seeing it the rest of the day, rest of the day. And so I asked one friend, and she said, well, you know, what's coming to me is when Jesus used a towel, he served. I just, I, but I think there's more. You know, if you know, you let me know. When I was in school, I was a very ugly, insecure, inferior, shame-filled teen. And I hated myself. I was never chosen for anything, except by God. And even in sports, you know, when you had PE and people had to choose teams and they get a team captain, I only got on a team by default. I was always the last one, and so whoever the last pick was, that was me. I was the proverbial ugly duckling, wallflower, whatever name you want to put on it. That, that was me. Isn't God funny? He's so fun. Because that is not me now. And so I don't remember what had happened at all. But I know it marked the beginning of the change in my life. 
I had a friend, her name was Terry, don't remember her last name, I can still see her, she had a horrible life. Drug addict parents, and, but she was always encouraging me, she was always accepting me. You know, I didn't know why, because most other people didn't. I think I told you that the reason I wear my hair in a bob and have no plans to change is because um, one of the most popular girls at school had a bob and she would always skip down the stairs, except she was a blonde. And when she skipped down the chairs, her hair would just... And I thought, man, if I could just have a bob, I'd be happy. Now, that's a lie. Go ahead and get a bob. It will not change your life. So when I found out that my curly hair could be like this, I decided, well, I'm just going to keep it. But I was having a really bad day. Something had happened. I don't remember what. I was very, very, very discouraged. And I was sitting in the gym. I was sitting on the bench. And Terry walks up to me. She sits next to me. And she said, are you okay? And I said, no. And I began to tell her what happened. Whatever it was. And she looked at me. I can still see her eyes to this day. She had big brown eyes. And even though she had a horrible life, she was so full of love. And she looked at me. And with just tears in her eyes, she said, well, I would just hold my head up high. And something went off in me. And I remember as a downcast teen making a decision on that day, I'm going to walk through life. I'm going to hold my head up high. And I have ever since then. Really dear, dear friend of mine, been a friend of mine over 30 years. And she, uh, her husband not born again, and at the time, he was very unkind. She was at some kind of a gathering, and he had publicly shamed her. And she left that home, and she began to walk home, and she was on the highway, dark highway at night. This was decades ago, back when it was fairly safe to do that. And she could feel tears stinging her eyes. You know that feeling, right? She could feel tears stinging her eyes, and all of a sudden, that boldness rose up in her. And she said, devil, I'm not going to give you the pleasure of seeing me cry. And she dried her eyes and began to praise and proclaim the word of God. And I'm telling you to this day, that woman is a powerhouse, somebody I just love, love, love to get with. And so, hold your head up high. What is the enemy trying to make you downcast about today? Hold your head up high. What affliction are you suffering? Hold your head up high. What reports are you hearing? Hold your head up high. Don't give the devil the pleasure of seeing you cry. Don't let him see you sweat. Use your keys. They're dominion keys of power or authority. Next week, we're going to exercise that in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal truth to us. You spoke to me this morning about the spirit of truth. And I spent my morning studying truth. Your word is truth. And I ask you that everyone in the hearing of my voice, this week will have an unsurpassed revelation of truth. They will hold their head up high and walk in confident boldness using the keys of the kingdom. Thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. 
You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.